0: My guest today is Karen Danielle. She is a leadership coach out of Sonoma, California, and I can't wait to dive in. I know that we're going to have an awesome conversation. I know, Karen, and welcome, welcome. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on Women Developing Brilliance.
1: Oh, I couldn't be happier, Casey. Thank you so much for having me here, and I'm honored to be on the show with you. Uh, That's awesome. So, Karen, leadership Tell us a little bit about your
0: background and what got you interested in uh, devoting your career to leadership coaching.
1: Yeah, I guess I would say it started kind of right out of the gate, right out of college. I ended up in a leadership role for the Appalachian Mountain Club. The AMC is a rustic hut system in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And it's for those people who don't want to kind of carry everything on their back. They want to be able to sleep at night with a roof over the head, play some Scrabble, that kind of thing. So right out of college, I was put into that role where I was basically in charge of the hut. It was called the hut master role. And I just had always been one who thrived on challenges and being able to really push myself. And that role was right off the bat, putting me in that situation. And, you know it was funny because like many most leadership roles you you are supposed to earn that after a couple of seasons you know it's not something that you're kind of start out with but as we all know in business and life things aren't always don't always happen that way and you have to be able to roll with what you're given what's presented and it was for my college internship so we really worked hard with the AMC to make it a good fit but now i had to deal with a slightly disgruntled team, you know, that wasn't exactly on board with the fact that I skipped some steps. Oh. And yeah, so and and, you know, even in that early time, what it, I learned a very valuable lesson. And I just really learned how to connect with them as people and just immerse myself in in being one of them and not go show up as like this person who knew all the ins and outs and pretended that I knew what I was doing. I learned on the job. I, you know, worked side by side with them and then we made decisions together. Now, you know, granted when the time came the responsibility ultimately would fall on my shoulders, but it was through cultivating those relationships that I was able to also have the team behind me when I made those decisions. So, I, so yeah, yeah,
0: I love that. I love that you were like hands on, feet on the ground. And it sounds like you just had a very open and honest communication channel with your team or with your people that were looking at you for leadership. Was it difficult establishing that? Or could you give some of the key points when you were first kind of learning that whole leadership role that were the most advantageous for people to click with you and be like, okay, she's cool. I trust her.
1: Yes. Yes. And it's funny because this what what i'm about to share with you guys is it actually served me well through my entire career and what i did was first i learned the nuts and bolts right i wanted to find out what i was actually doing here what this job entailed um the tactical side of things so i got my hands dirty like i said worked side by side on the actual tasks read the procedure manual, which who really does that, right, when that happens, but I read it. <laughs> and um, and then what I did was I met with each of them individually and just had a conversation like, hey, I'm here to help. What do you want to see happen this, this quarter, this summer, this year? What do you love about your job here? What do you struggle with? And just that kind of conversation of us exploring what we're doing together, I used it throughout my entire career, anytime I had a new leadership role and it made all the difference because it immediately takes you from this person who they kind of could, you know, put you in a box of like, oh, she thinks she's so-and-so because she has the title Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it immediately takes that stigma away, takes that fear away and it puts you as one of them, which I know sometimes people are afraid of of that, but that's actually the best part. It, it sounds so effective. You dissolve those
0: barriers and sans title, you can actually get to the core of what's going to help them um, enjoy their, their job better and also improve productivity for the whole team. I love the fact that you actually knew the nuts and bolts. Like you got your hands dirty. Like you took the time to even go through a dry manual, which I think <laughs> will just, you know, it's collecting dust on the shelf. Exactly. But I think, the other key point that, that you mentioned is, um, you know, when I think of like, um, maybe leadership gone wrong, I usually envision somebody like behind the desk, um, pencil pushing, thinking of things in a linear way, but also only as concepts, not as something that's like, um, you know, really has like context to it, like where they can really have that experience. And mm-hmm. as you were like feet on the ground. It sounds like you had an intimate um, understanding of what they needed, but also that you opened up this social line of communication as well. To be like, "Hey, buddy, like, how can I help you?" Like, taking the time to net care, you know, not like network, but really net care. Like, love uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Like, for you, like, how was that experience for you? And what yeah. else mind when you hear that?
1: Yeah, I love that because it's exactly that's exactly correct. Net care. Right, because oftentimes you know leaders think that their responsibility, their main um, role is that they have to know everything. they have to shoulder all the burden and it ultimately on their you know their responsibility, it's their name on the project, it's their name on the quarterly results and so they, they feel this really um, sense of a burden, if you will, that they have to be responsible for navigating, everything. And so they find themselves inserting them their own decision or excuse me, inserting themselves into every decision, into every task, into every step of the way. When it's actually the exact opposite, because what you're doing is you're getting in the way of everything. You're becoming the bottleneck and you're not allowing the people that you hired for their talents and their skills to be at their best. And because you're 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 clouded, so it's really a mindset shift first that has to happen. Um, and let me back up a second because a lot of leaders too will worry about employee engagement. We hear that all the time, right? Oh, my my team doesn't care. How do we get an engagement up? You know, they just I don't know what to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And what really usually is the, that underlying cause is that mindset of realizing it's not all your responsibility it's more your responsibility is getting them to take responsibility that's where the secret sauce is and that's where the mindset shift has to come and it's so easy because Casey you know we're all busy all the time we have so much on our plates we have goals we have to hit we have numbers we have to be responsible for we have labor dollars we have to watch the list goes is as on and on Um, so you can get caught up in that trap of just kind of spinning your wheels all the time. And what helps is realizing that you're not alone in this. Your team is actually part of your resources. They're not part of your liability. They're not part of the pressure. That's a Um, really, really good point. That's such a good point. And also to back up a step as well, when
0: you talked about, um, you are actually the bottleneck when you insert yourself into every single step of the project that micromanaging actually kind of deteriorates your team because it's not relying on them as a resource and it also kind of undermines their credibility, I would think, um, in a big aspect of that. But I'm wondering because there are certain personality traits that a leader has and, yeah. you know, strength and obviously like that perseverance and. Um, and also sometimes a bold nature, not always, but like when Mm -hmm. I envision a leader, I usually envision someone that's like sharp and on top of it. And like, yes, I have a clear direction, but also in that there's a little bit of ego as well. Like we're only human. And so how do you help dissolve the ego to the point where they can step back and trust because Mm -hmm. their name is on the project and that's a part of their identity. And of course, they want to win. They want their team to win. So how do you navigate that? That seems like a really interesting balance.
1: Yeah, it's funny when you say the bold part, right? I think that's very attractive in our culture these days, especially, um, And when you, when you, when you mention that word, immediately for me, Richard Branson comes to mind. I just think of him as a risk taker, someone who is bold, who's been that way his entire career, and he is exactly who he is. Like when you, you know, he's comfortable in his own skin, and he shows up exactly how he is at work, is exactly the guy you're gonna meet for coffee, is exactly the guy hanging out on his own island. Right? So he's, he's just that person. And, um, and I think you're absolutely right. There's a very attraction, attractive quality about that boldness and leaders still need to have that. And in what I think is in alignment with the bold part is a sense of having capabilities. Your team needs to know you're capable. And so they need to know that they're in good hands and they trust you. So it's not just boldness that, um, is what works in that situation. It's all those other li- underlying threads too of being capable, of being compassionate, of being involved in their lives and knowing who they are, of having their trust that they're willing basically to go into battle for you. That's what you want to cultivate, right? Like we're all, all I'm all in. I'm behind you 100% no matter what. And it's almost counterintuitive But we have to also let that ego go in order to let that boldness kind of rise to the top because you're only as bold as um, those that are willing to go on this journey with you, right? So there's a difference between that egoness there and, and just being a source of a visionary and someone who can inspire people that's that's really where that's i mean i'll even get tingles that's what excites yeah, me about leadership so and i think that's what excited us. yeah
0: it's so yeah. exciting and i think it's such an opportunity for personal growth to be mm-hmm. a skillful leader and i think too like on the heels of the bold comment I also think that you, there's a lot of gentle giants that can be equally yes. as effective as leaders. I don't think it has to necessarily be the, the bold that win. Um, so I definitely wanted to just put that caveat there as well. But I, what's coming to mind when I'm thinking of this and I'm kind of envisioning um, the brick and mortars or the corporate mm-hmm. or what type of teams would really benefit from leadership coaching. And what's coming to mind is whose responsibility is it to get leadership coaching.
1: Yeah, that's a very good question and and I love the fact that you mentioned about the gentle giants because they're they're there as well, right? And I think what happens just a side note on that is who we are as people you know, we'll gravitate to the leader that works for us. So the bold one, the people who are inspired by the boldness will go to them and the people inspired by the gentle giants will go to them. So I, so I think there's a leader out there for everybody, if you will. Agreed. Um, Right. So, so, and that's the the beauty of all of us being different and being who we are and allowing that to happen in the workplace. And so to, to come back to now the brick and mortars and the everydays and, and even all the way up through the, corporate? Whose responsibility is it to get leadership coaching? I like to think that ultimately it's your own responsibility. I truly feel that. I mean, we are all our own people. If we wait for someone to say, hey, I would like to provide you with ABC, one of those being leadership coaching, you're waiting for someone else to contribute to your own life. Mm -hmm. And so what can happen in I think a little bit more the corporate setting to put it in that box is we feel that we're owed sometimes and I can kind of speak from experience cause I've been, my past life was, was corporate lifestyle and working in business. And sometimes we feel like we're owed that like, Hey, I'm already giving my time. I'm already giving my energy. I don't really also need to invest in making myself a better leader for this company. And you get um, lost in that, kind of dichotomy of really what you're doing is you're investing in yourself. And so ultimately I think it's our own personal responsibility to to take a stake in our own development, to be the person that we want to become. And that's up to us now, you know, and, and yeah, a lot.
0: Yes, absolutely. I love that. And I'm wondering how do you spread your message? So people understand that because when I hear that, I'm like, heck yeah! Like that's amazing, (laughs) and I really see this going across multiple boards. Even for the solopreneur, which are many of our listeners are female entrepreneurs, they are in the solopreneur aspect of building their business. And when I think of what you just said, where we need to put a stake in the ground to claim our own leadership as our personal development, because. We take us with us wherever we go, whether we're attached to a corporate title or we're under our own mini umbrella of our solo entrepreneurship. And so how do you share your message in a way? Because I think a lot of people have leadership qualities, but maybe Mm -hmm. wouldn't say, I'm a leader.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What I love to um, share with people and, and shake up with them a little bit is that everyone's a leader, because it starts with self-leadership. So for your solopreneurs out there, you're the one determining your own fate, right? You're a leader in your own life. It's it's revealed by your decisions, by your actions, by um, how you show up every day. That's why you need to be that same person at work and on this entrepreneurial venture as you are a mom or a spouse or a friend. It's all the same because... Leadership shows up in your values and in your decision-making and in the actions that you take. It mm-hmm. doesn't show up nine to five, you know, it doesn't show up on the webinars. It does. Yes. But it's seamless. It matters. Really has- yeah, yeah. I got
0: the chills, got the chills yes. because it truly is how we can maintain authentic marketing. It doesn't matter yeah. whether we're our own brand or we're on behalf of a company Having that consistency of showing up in alignment of who we are. Like you said, as a wife, partner, mom, you know, manager, it doesn't matter. That's the consistent us. And I think the world's ready for that. I think that, you know, maybe just even as recent as a couple years ago, we were all trying to kind of fit the same blueprint or follow the same templates or the same frameworks or follow the experts out there and how we are supposed to show up. And I think that's starting to crack a little bit because people are desperate now for not the glossy Instagram feeds and the well curated stories, but for just like true grit and grace and glory and like who are you? I want to see peel back the layer. I want to see underneath the mask. So I, I really like that. And How do you, um, when you first get in with a team, um, Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you like to do as an initial assessment to kind of get in and start teaching them about leadership and how they can um, enhance what they're already doing?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, A little bit of it depends on where they are, right? As a team themselves, they may be really struggling and have tried a lot of things or um, have, have swept it under the rug, you know, so it depends on where they are or they may be a team that's very well established, but they've got just got to that place where they're not sure what's, what's going on. You know, they're at either a plateau or an obstacle where you kind of can't see the forest through the trees. So it depends a little bit. And, and of course that comes through um, conversations we have prior to the engagement and prior to going into that, situation. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's a very common thread is about understanding one another and building those connections and relationships. That's almost seamless. Yeah, I really feel that's foundational. That is something that if it's not there, if that trust, if that sense of being able to say, I disagree with you because, and not have the other person turn you off because you just said the word I disagree and they don't hear anything else. Yeah. Blah blah know? blah. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Wah, wah, wah. You know, like then you're it's hopeless. It's not hopeless, but you'll never be as great as you possibly could. And without those foundations, you're just gonna be spending a lot of time and effort to get a little bit further, but eventually you'll slip back into your old ways. It we can't help ourselves. That's habits as humans. And change is not easy. It's not. And building connections is not easy because it takes us to look past ourselves and to look to others and see what they need first, rather than doubling down as stinking our heels on the ground and saying, but I want this. Mm. And so, um,
0: that's such good advice that will serve you. you for life. That that you just said, really looking at it from the other person's point of view, what do they need? What's their perspective? Um, I think that that's such true leadership and it can improve every single relationship in your life when you have that
1: mindset. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's what I like teaching people as well. I mean, that's why this, for your solopreneurs, they should embrace this because again, I use some of this stuff with my husband, right? Because, and that's what I want to teach people. This is not for you only at work. This is for your life all the time. This is just so you can actually have less stress in your everyday because you're starting to understand people as individuals. We all have, you know, very different lives that we're living. It's just the way of the world and that opens up for conflict. Mm -hmm. So as beautiful as it is, it's also can what, what can stir the pot.
0: Yes, absolutely, and I know you're really passionate about emotional intelligence and neuroscience, and I'm wondering how you incorporate that in your personal life and also how you train uh, clients.
1: Yes, I love neuroscience, and I love emotional intelligence, and I never thought I'd say that in a sentence in my life, (laughs) because when I think neuroscience, I think you know Yale, Harvard, MIT, all the brilliant minds of the world are the only ones who are going to be able to understand that. And thankfully that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It is so approachable, so usable in personal development in professional development um, when i When I went through my coach training, I went to neuroleadership institute that's when I was turned on to the approachability of neuroscience, and really you know what it comes down to is we all have a brain. I know that may not seem like the case sometimes with how and you want to ring their necks, but we all have a brain <laughs> and to leverage operating system, if you will. I mean, why not? Right. We, why not look at the basic principles, what we can all find that are very, like I said, approachable and learn a little bit about that and, yeah. and to our advantage. Yeah, I totally geek out with
0: both of those elements as well. I think that's one of the reasons why we get along so well. And yes. so for our listeners that maybe are new to that, could you just give like a brief description or maybe how it shows up in real life so they have some example, a real life
1: example? Sure, absolutely. And and when you say that, it brings me right to, um, I've done this training a couple of times for um, the VA group, actually, and what it, the, the kind of title of it is the nurse um, working with difficult people, the neuroscience behind getting along, right? Cause we all feel like we have that person at work that, you know, we just don't click with or whatever. There might be a couple of those people or in our everyday lives. And so it's great to say that you want to work on that relationship. That's commendable and that's wonderful. And you want to make better choices, But what helps is when you can actually lend a scientific approach to it to give you some tactical ways to actually become better at relationships. And I think that's, for me, I'm someone who actually, I love the art and science of leadership. And I feel like that's what neuroscience is. It's the science behind the art of leadership.
0: Yes. Because
1: now you're giving me some things where I can go, okay, now I know, I I recognize something. And to kind of help your listeners understand that, the first step really is understanding the brain a little bit as how it works with, with how we see one another, and the brain is a hardwiring machine. They're, there are six insights about the the brain. Six facts. And I won't go through all of them. I'll share just a few with you. One of them is that is a hardwiring machine. Once we have figured out something, we it's locked and loaded. We don't want to spend any energy figuring it out another way. So if we know that when I take a right out of my driveway, I'm gonna to lead to you know the grocery store. Boom, my brain just knows that. That's why when you go to work now, you don't remember how you got there. You just all of a sudden and you're like, oh my god, you're on autopilot. Yeah. Autopilot. Exactly. So when you've had an experience with someone, we've all said, Oh my God, you remind me of so-and-so. And And if in your brain, you didn't really like so-and-so this new person now may actually have to work a little bit harder with you because you're a little bit biased against them because of past experience, because your brain is just hardwired that. And it's not that new person's fault, right? They're just so much sense. Yeah. They're just, showing up they're just them but it's you who actually has the issue a little bit mm-hmm. and so there's this this thing called well first of all it's awareness and being aware that that's even a thing is huge right because any step to behavior change any step to sustainable change starts with being aware of the problem yes and absolutely so it, yeah so it's working with them to understand that awareness first again foundational. Yeah because
0: once our consciousness is open to it that's when we can start recognizing it and also yeah. re re um kind of forming the grooves if it's not optimal behavior to kind of actually help serve us. Exactly. So I love that. I thank you so much for explaining that. I think that that's going to be really helpful for people because you're right. If they're not familiar with that and you hear that word it can be a little intimidating. But yes. you break it down in very doable steps. It's like, "Oh yeah, absolutely. I totally get that." So yeah. yeah, that's, thank you for that. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, didn't, I didn't want to cut you off if you were still going through your explanation of it.
1: Oh, well I'll give them one more tip because okay. first, first there's the awareness, but then there's like, okay, what do I do with that? And there's this about a half second we have when we're making our decisions where we take that from where we will we'll default into autopilot and we'll just go our own way. But there's about that half second. And when you have that awareness you almost do recognize it like, oh, there it is. There's that pause that my brain gives me. Because a half a second is a long time in brain time. And what you want, that half second is your veto power. That's what we kind of called it when I was training, veto power. And that's your opportunity to make that new choice. Mm-hmm. To all of a sudden, Instead of defaulting to autopilot, it's like, no, I'm not going to roll my eyes at this person in my head. You know, You might not do it to their face, but you're rolling your eyes in your head. I'm going to just take a breath. I'm just going to pause for a second. I'm just going to smile. And you start with that. And Mm -hmm. that recognizing that half second time that your brain allows you to make a new choice is the beginnings of how you start implementing new choices.
0: Yes. And I am nodding in enthusiasm because it totally dovetails to the book that I've been listening to on Audible from Mel Robbins called The Second Rule. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I love it. Are you familiar with that read?
1: I have seen her Facebook Live, believe it or not, on the five-second rule. Maybe not Facebook Live or YouTube or some video of it. And I loved it. So the book, I'm sure, only goes further and deeper and more insightful.
0: It's very much like what you just termed the veto power time of that half a second. But basically, she goes through counting backwards from five, almost like a rocket ship. So it's five, four three, two, one, go. And you take that action and you don't allow yourself the luxury to have your brain flood in with 20 reasons why you shouldn't get out Mm -hmm. of bed, go to the workout, make that phone call, send that email, whatever it happens to be that you're kind of like procrastinating or holding back. This five second rule is helping people like gain confidence and take action without overthinking.
1: I love that. I love that. Cause that's what we do. We know what we should do. And we have that split second. And then we're like, if you don't act right, then you're screwed sometimes.
0: I know. I know. It's so true. And I made a, um, I did a post on it on Instagram and uh-huh. she actually commented on it and put love it. And I'm like totally starstruck. And I was like, yes! oh my God, Mel Robbins wrote on my Instagram. Like it's <laughs> huge. Actually. Like, congratulations. I love that. It's so hilarious. Like, that is one thing. Like, I I don't know if I'm ever going to shake. Like, I am a starstruck little girl.
1: <laughs> oh, I agree. I absolutely, totally get that. On one of my posts, Daniel Goldman did the same thing. Like, he liked it. And I was like, I feel like I've been patted on my head by my guru. You know? <laughs> I know. It's really true.
0: Absolutely. And so while we're talking about personal things, I just totally yes. want to lift you up because you absolutely – um walk your talk and I know this because I had the pleasure of spending five days with you in Santa Cruz on the beautiful beach of Monterey Bay and you like totally impressed me that at five thirty or six AM you jumped out of bed and did your workout and even the way that you prepared and set yourself up for success with bringing your yoga mat and your hand weights and your protein for the morning. I was like, dang girl, like (laughs) you are working it. Like it was truly an inspiration for me. So I just want to like lift you up for that and also share with our listeners, like when you are in leadership, you know, there is something about authentic leaders helping other leaders do the same and I just want to say that that totally transmits and like it was really cool to see the behind the scenes of like this is cool like she <laughs> has her habits dialed in and it's something that's like a part of your ritual now that's so second um, yeah. nature to you that it's just you know I, I teased you like okay the forecast was rain all week you didn't bring an umbrella but you've got <laughs> hand weights <laughs> you
1: know so like, is i like my- friend. (laughs) (laughs) This is commitment. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's funny. And I did have the luxury of driving. So I will say, you know, it wasn't in my carry on. It didn't, it didn't bump some of the stuff on the carry on. Having the car was very helpful, but um, there is something to be said about a morning routine. and And I thank you for acknowledging that. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what else do you do to kind of keep balanced in um, in your world? Because running our own companies is no small um, challenge. You know, we we come up against um, opportunities to grow, but also we can come up against getting burned out. So, what do you yeah. do other than your morning routine that keeps you balanced and keeps you uh, running optimally, so you can give your very best to your clients?
1: Yeah, I really. Um and you're absolutely right, right? Being an entrepreneur is a whole different ballgame. It really is. It envelops every second of our lives, every breath we take, every cell of our body. It's it's a different beast. It really is. And I wouldn't give it away for the world at the same time because you also, I think, become, um, you're meant to be in your most beautiful way possible. So I encourage all of you entrepreneurs entrepreneurs out there to keep at it because your dream is more important than anything else in the world. So what I do to kind of keep me going during those times is thankfully I do live in California. I live in Northern California. I love nature. It is by far the thing that fuels me best. Mm -hmm. So I, at four o'clock, I have a nine-year-old yellow lab and every day at four o'clock, Regardless of what's happening, we take an hour walk outside. Nice. and there are those rare days that, you know, something happens where I or I can't be there, but those days are rare. And if that happens, I'll usually take the walk at eight o'clock at night if that's what that means. But he also keeps me on that schedule because I feel responsible for him, for him having a great outdoor time. And never fail, every time I walk out the door, because that's the hardest part, right? The hardest part is actually getting out there. Yes. I'm so much better once I'm walking and taking that time in nature. So I really need to have that, that time daily to it's so um, restorative. I love that you have that as a part of your routine. And yeah. Um,
0: yeah and I think like, you know, just as much as your dog is your kind of motivation and your companion and you feel like a sense of responsibility. So it's kind of this win-win where you're keeping each other like on the right path. Um, Yeah, he's my accountability partner. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's your accountability partner. That's exactly where I was going because that's what I was going to ask you is like, how important is a biz buddy for you? You know, like connecting with somebody that just gets you, like, do you have that as a part of your cultivated um, routine?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's huge, actually. Um, I often say I would not be here still if it wasn't for friends and colleagues. It's it's so true. Um, they have gotten me through times where I was just, you know, tears in my beer, if you will. I was really <laughs> at my wit's end. I had, you know, didn't know what was wrong, why things weren't working. And through the strength of having a really core group of people. And Casey is one of those people. just so you guys all know out there, she is that person to me. Um, And having it be a steady committed thing. Again, it really comes back down to just showing up and and putting on the calendar is saying, Oh, every two weeks at Wednesday, we're meeting together and we're going to, yeah, we're going to regroup and connect, but we're also going to get down to the guts of what we need help with. And I think that's really important because again without those type of people and i've had multiple people who have literally just said i can help with no strings attached no reason that they they should you know give a damn really about me but yet they really really do and i love, that. I love being that person to other people as well
0: i love that and that's that's truly what um, I want to cultivate and the type of uh, situations that I really gravitate to is that kind of community, true community, just yeah. like you said, without strings attached, but it's in the vein of goodness and service, both for what they're doing and for everybody that is, is out there even looking to become an entrepreneur. And I think that everyone needs that. And I think also like you can find that in a paid mastermind and you can certainly go to the extra extent with um, a mentor or a mentor or a coach, but yes. also especially if you're just starting out, you can also do it cultivating it with a buddy. And because is if you are on the same wavelength, like there is something special and magical when you're holding each other accountable. So I really highly recommend that for everybody. Like at whatever stage you're in, at whatever your financial resources are, definitely get a biz buddy because that connection is such motivation and you feel like they have your back. You have their back. And I know for us, like, we were talking from six in the morning until 10 at night. Like, and I said to my bestie, like, wow, I finally met somebody that actually doesn't get sick of talking about business. You know, like we could be talking about lead magnets and messaging and like core values, like all day long. Like I loved it. Like I really, really loved it. And I also appreciate that it can be a continuum because I truly, truly think we need to build our own tribe just to keep us um, motivated and inspired and, and focused, like you said, like really Absolutely. getting the guts of what we want to accomplish in our business.
1: Yeah, because it's hard. You know, it's hard. And so takes a village. Takes... It does.
0: <laughs> it does <laughs> take a village. <laughs> I love it.
1: Oh, right? my gosh. You shared such good nuggets. How can people get a hold of you, first of all? Oh, I would love people to get a hold of me through my website. It's probably the easiest, um, www.karendanielle.com. And there's, you know, a, a way you can reach out to me beyond that, but that's probably the the easiest place you can find me.
0: That's awesome. And then I noticed on your homepage, you also have like a tip sheet for people. Can you tell a little bit about what if they're interested in that? Like where, like how you explain what's in that PDF?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's the leader's guide, um, leader's checklist, and it's really again comes back to those foundations. It's four steps that you can start implementing today to get you on that path of building relationships and building connections with your team. A lot of the people I work with, um, and whether this is an entrepreneur who had this great idea, this great product, and all of a sudden they're scaling, and they may just have one assistant or one, um, even a couple clients that they're now the leader for, that they have to be responsible for. So this will help them as well as it helps the you know, director who's in charge of 50 people who all of a sudden finds that they're not so in tune anymore with what's going on. Um, so these four steps are what I always like to say, simple but not easy. But they are simple. Okay? Awesome. If you do them daily and, again, commit to the practice, it will help you start bridging that gap and building those connections and navigating those relationships. Cause that's really where we can lose some of our spark or we can lose some of our energy is when um, we become frustrated by others around us. And so to have a tool to kind of navigate that and build those relationships rather than break them down will lift you up in your own life. And that's so where important.
0: I think. I love it. And I love that you talked that it can benefit both the solopreneur and the employee trying to build a team because these sound like very fundamental principles of leadership, regardless of your position. So I love that you've made it practical. And I also really like that you did four tips because four feels very doable and it feels like they're a beginning, middle and an end and it doesn't feel overwhelming. So I, um, kudos to you and I highly recommend people, um, grab a copy of that checklist. So I'll make sure to put the links in the show notes. And before I let you go, uh, do you have a final kind of bright light wisdom, some parting words for our listeners before we say goodbye?
1: Absolutely. Um, And again, just my, my joy is seeing you guys rise to your own level of leadership and just taking responsibility for yourselves first, right? And the The big piece I guess I want to leave you all with is just to know that leadership is not about authority. It's not about rank. It's not about title. Leadership is about helping that person to the left of you and to the right of you and to just lift them up. And sometimes it may mean that you take a back seat in service to that But again, that's what true leadership is. And sometimes even more, it's you're even reaching up to the person above you, your boss, who you think doesn't get it. And they may not get it. But so many times I hear that, my boss doesn't get it. You're probably right. So just be that person to them and be that person to the person, like I said, to your left and to your right. And you will have the impact that you want. You really will. And you'll feel really good about yourself
0: yeah beautiful, and I can totally see how that has the power to have a ripple effect because yes. people will learn from example and you will actually be cultivating leader after leader after leader with you being a, an example and I just think that that's a beautiful, beautiful paradigm
1: excellent. I love that you're on board, Casey. Thank you so much for your support mm-hmm. and your enthusiasm and being here and for everything that you're in your work that you're doing with all you know your clients and women achieving just new heights in their business. So exciting. We couldn't do it without you. Mm, Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and I can't
0: wait to continue our relationship and spreading goodness together throughout the world.
1: Me as well, my dear. Me as well.
0: Until next time.
1: Until next time.
0: See ya. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on Women Developing Brilliance. If so, head over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast, and I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.